Hi, folks. This is Tim Heidecker. You might know me from Tim and Eric and from other uh, movies and TV shows and everything. I host a semi-weekly call-in show called Office Hours. It's uh, broadcast live on my YouTube channel, and it becomes a podcast almost immediately afterwards. So sign up. Thanks to Starburns Audio for making it possible. It's a terrific show. We take your calls. We talk about whatever you want, and we respect you, and we, lo- we love listening to your thoughts. It's a lot of good. It's a lot of fun, and we have Doug Lucenhop, DJ Doug Pound, with me. It's a show that you're going to want to explore. It's a show you're going to want to share with your family and your friends and pass along to your uncle. I think he's going to enjoy it as well. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And this podcast is brought to you by Everything's, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Make sure to tune in on September 11th. We are talking about the episode Radio Bart with a special guest you may recognize. Hi, I'm Nancy Cartwright. And actually, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the <gasps> hell are you? Ah! We're so excited. Oh, this, this is so good. This was one of our favorite episodes you've ever done. Mark your calendars. I don't know. You're probably already downloading it. What? What is this life? Uh, September 11th, we are joined by, you already heard her, Nancy Cartwright. We're so excited. Please tune in. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of, um, of a guy like Gary Tyson, who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid, um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars, uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary, and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted, and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family in some, centered in some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Feral Audio 
X Files Files. This is Kamel Nanjiani, your host. Um, I'm very excited about this episode. I, uh, Paul Shear came on to talk about Dwayne Barry and Ascension. These are probably um, maybe my favorite two-parter in the entire run of the X Files. Dwayne Barry is, I mean, it, to, to me, both of these work together as one great movie, um, and it really sets the X Files off in a direction that uh, really pays off over the rest of the series. Um, so, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Um, go to Reddit. Um, there's the, the, the X-Files Files subreddit. has a lot of great conversation going on, so go there. Um, follow me at X-Files Files on my personal account, at Kamel N. Um, and, uh, oh, my TV show, The Meltdown with Jonah and Kamel, is airing every Wednesday on Comedy Central. Another four weeks left. And tonight's episode... Um, actually has Weird Al Yankovic on it, which is really, really exciting. And he does something really cool. Really stoked that that happened. It's after at midnight, uh, 12.30 a.m., technically Thursday. But, you know, uh, I think it's also on demand. You can buy it on iTunes. But if you have Comedy Central, that's the easiest, cheapest way to watch it. Um, And go rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That'll keep us, you know, that'll keep our uh, rankings high. And uh, that'll, uh, you know, ensure that we keep getting uh, good guests. I just interviewed Glenn Morgan, and his episode will be coming out uh, in a few more weeks because we talk about some episodes that I want to review on the show before, you know, I actually have a conversation with him about it. And uh, he was really, really fantastic, and I got some great insight into how the show sort of was developed and stuff. And I also talked to Kevin Smith, recorded that recently, and he's a massive X-Files fan. His dogs are named Mulder and Scully. Well, well Scully passed away, but I met Mulder. <laughs> I met Mulder. Um, and that was a really cool conversation as well, and I believe that'll come out next week. Um, so thank you so much for listening, guys. Here's Paul Shear. Hey, welcome to the X-Files Files. I'm Kamel Nanjiani. Uh, the guest today is Paul Shear. I'm very excited to be on the X-Files Files. <laughs> uh, this is a show that, you know, and I think you didn't even believe me when I said that it was a show that I really liked. You had a, you, you seem to be sus- suspect. I was it. a little su- suspicious. Why? I don't know why. No, I, because honestly, dude, since I started this show, yeah. I, I find, you know, I'm surprised at how there aren't as many people who were crazy into it as I thought there'd be. I thought everybody my age would be super into the show. Yeah, It's not everybody. Well, you see, like, Buffy, X-Files, like, they all were in, like, a zone for me of, like, like I was... I just felt like these were my shows, these hour-long yeah. shows that were cool and interesting. And actually, was I was I was telling you this the other day, but I did a college paper on the X Files. Yeah, what was your college paper? Okay. <laughs> so I went to NYU. That's a first, by the way, on yeah. this podcast. Uh, I'm very excited to share it with you because it's a crazy thing. I was just remembered it the other day. I went to NYU and I took. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I took a Native American art class. Okay, which was me just basically trying to ace something like yes. i was like oh this will be easy yeah little did i know it was harder than any <laughs> class i could have possibly taken looking at native american art like in depth and and it was like i was i was flailing in this class just not doing well with knowing like the the hopi art versus the really? navajo art i was not doing good i yet. heard they use all parts of the canvas uh <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> the so at the end of the semester the whole grade 
This is the best part of the thing. The whole grade was based on one paper. And all that is a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress, but it also was like, oh, well, great. I don't have to memorize. Like, you know, like when you take an art class, like they just show you images and you have to like name the artist and the painting. Oh, shit. So I knew if I could just kill on this paper, yeah. it'd be great. So I did Native American art as viewed through this particular two-part X-Files episode. Now, um, <laughs> it was, now I don't even remember the episode intently, but uh, you probably do, yeah. where it was like one where they, there was like a trailer buried under the ground. Yeah, and stuff it's like, like that. Uh, I, it's at the end of season two or end of season three. Yeah, and there's like a Native American guide guy. With yes. Them. yes, and so like I really like went in and treated this as if it was a documentary <laughs> and my whole my whole like point of view like my college cool point of view was like yeah look how they you know uh how they represent and also pay uh you know pray uh like you know they they give it uh, sorry I'm, I'm losing my word like they they uh they give homage, like, oh, like, oh, sorry, I'm not homage. homage yeah, yeah. They're, they're giving like, an homage to like great indian art you know like, <laughs> like I, I created this total bullshit paper yeah. uh all about that but this is back before the X-Files were on DVD and I had to go online to like an eBay site and ask somebody, do you have this? And then someone sent me a VHS copy from like Canada of these two episodes and I bought the wow, two episodes. Wow, with like ads in between Oh them? yeah, 100%. And, uh, and so that was like the best part about it, waiting because the package didn't come and the paper was due and I, oh, no. I hadn't seen the episodes in a while and I was like frantically trying to get it. So I basically wrote a book report about... A two-parter X file <laughs> for your college for my college Native American history uh, or Native American art class, and I don't think there was much Native American art in that episode. Not at really, all. but I just, guess I could say there was like a. I think the way they brought it in was uh, using like through code, right? Because they yes, they use yes, Native American that, code. Yes, and yeah. I think I talked about that. Yeah. I don't remember the paper because it probably wasn't very good, but I got an A on you it. You got an A. I got an A because I think I realized. These teachers are reading the most boring papers at all times. <laughs> I'm sure it was like, oh, I like the X-Files. This is like kind of a book report about the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. Great. Hey, like, right. like, just thinking outside the box. This kid really did it. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was my, like, my claim to fame. But I was a big X-Files person. I had those like companion books. Remember they had oh, those? Oh, like, shit. You had those? Oh, I got to yeah. get those. They're great. I have them for Buffy. I have them for Angel, too. Like, they're like little glossy. They're a little bit embarrassing to have on your bookshelf. Sure. But they break well, down. Well, you can't have them on your bookshelf. Oh, no, no. I've hid my Buffy books, and I've now I think my X-Files ones are behind that, too. But, but they're like, you know, it looks like case file, and they, you know, they break down the episode <laughs> guest stars, and then they, yeah. they give you a little synopsis. It's basically Wikipedia in book form. Right. Now you have pictures. the internet, so you don't need these books. Exactly. But it was great to always, like, look through and, like, read about the episode. Yeah. But I loved, you know, and I and I saw the movies, and I was so excited about the movies. Like the movies were yeah. big, and I even like I like the movies so much that I even loved the soundtrack of the first X Files. Oh, one. it's a great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, great music. I am um, just uh, this last week, a couple weeks ago, I talked to Mark Snow. I interviewed oh, the guy really? who did the music. Yeah, for of it. course. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fascinated, and I think rewatching them because I haven't watched them in a while was like, what has Chris Carter done since like whenever I mean millennium sure we got that yeah but he like I mean he really created this def genre defining show that like really when I watch it now I'm like oh man fringe ripped this show off oh yeah crazily and all the proce procedural thing like CSI uses it like yeah. a ton of these shows basically took that template it's a very very influential show so he did that right he did millennium 
He did Lone Gunman, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. Then he did a show called Harsh Realm that happened right after it that okay. didn't go well. There was like a um, virtual reality thing. Then I was just reading an interview with him. He just kind of took a 20 years off, he said. That's kind of like the thing that I've noticed. Like he, It wasn't like he failed. It was sort of like, I've done this. And he kind of, you know, he spun off X-Files enough, you know, I yeah. felt like. And I feel like whenever I read articles about him or see him at like a panel, it's always like, Oh, the next movie or the next thing. Yeah. I think that you should just bring back X-Files with two different characters. Well, they, you, you, know? you know, he just said, so he kind of did nothing. He's doing a new Amazon show right now called The After. Okay. Which is another sci-fi show. And I show. apologize if you've talked about this. On no, the I haven't. And then he just said in an interview right now that he's been talking to Fox about rebooting The X-Files, about having two new agents. It's a genius idea because I really love Fringe. Like I'm a big Fringe fan. I thought it was great. Um, and Fringe, I think, did something that the X-Files didn't do, which were, you know, the X-Files, you'd be wading through the Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah. Not wading through. They were, some were great. Some were great. And yeah. some were just like, okay. Yeah. You know, and, but you would, you couldn't wait for the mythology episodes. Right. Like, that's the one. Because right. basically the characters have these, like, amnesia in between oh, the yeah, mythology they be like, episodes. And that's the, right. Yeah, no they, one is on the same yeah, page anymore. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the guy who, like, eats cancer. We gotta go after the yeah. aliens. Yeah, there's Big a wolf man in this uh, town. We gotta, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, but they, um, so that, like, so what Fringe always did, which I really appreciated, was, like, they had those Monster of the Week episodes, which were equally as good, but the beginning and end of each episode tied into the grand mythology. Oh, that's cool. And it's really cool because it gives you, it always is like, it's like saying, yes, this exists, but we're just yeah. deviating right yeah. now. There's dessert, but you have to have some exactly. salad. Yeah. And I feel like, but that like, for me, like that you wanted, I don't know, you wanted, yeah, you always wanted yeah. to see what these characters are up to. They did that a couple times. You're right. Not that much that they yeah. were tied into the big mythology. What it does help it, like when I was trying to get Emily into the show, it did help that there were basically these standalone movies that I yeah. could be like, you have to know nothing about it, just watch this episode. And that there wasn't anything I had to explain to her. Yeah, you can so, get, I mean, it's a, you can really get into the... It's, it's a, such a great concept. It's really yeah. well done. And it's so interesting. I found now that I've been doing this, people fall on the side of mythology versus the monster of the week. Mm -hmm. Like, there are almost everyone sort of picks a side. Yeah. I was always a mythology guy. Like yeah. later it kind of falls apart, but I always loved those episodes way more than the Monster of the Week ones. But then there were people, huge X-Files fans, who were always way more into the Monster of the Week episodes. Well, the Monster of the Week episodes are fun because it's like the promise of the premise of the X-Files too. It's like, oh yeah, right, well, here we're going to do like fun, like they're like the creature investigators. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the Chupacabra episode. Yeah, like that, and you're like, the Wolfman and the Native American. Uh, yeah, like... Reservation like that, like I feel like those are fun because, but it's like, but then I found the mythology engrossing, and I wanted to know more. Yeah. And then watching it last, you know, the last night when I was watching these episodes, and the, the, you watched Dwayne Barry and Ascension, which are really hardcore mythology episodes, and they're great. And uh, and but I was like also remembering we should talk about this probably in the the, the meat of the episode, yeah. but I felt like Chris Carter was making these decisions in probably the best like way because. Now the internet is so on top of you. Like every day when The Walking Dead comes out, the next day it's a recap, or even that night it's a recap. You know, uh, you know, no show gets 
an episode that's not really picked apart. And when I was a fan of X-Files, I would go online and you could find discussions of it. Do you know I have printouts from those discussions from that week and we're going to talk about them. Oh, that's great. All right. Yeah. So, uh, like that, so that is like, that's how I would look at things or if I was confused by something or couldn't remember uh, yeah. something, you could go and look. But, and I feel like he made a lot of crazy choices in this show that I feel like may have been done way differently if it was uh, like if he had to answer to like just like the noise of the Internet all yeah. the time. What he did was so there was this message board that I go to called alt.tv.xfiles. Yes. And Google bought whatever that and now they've archived it. Yeah. So I look on, you know, the week that the episode airs, yeah. what people are saying. And there's about a couple of hundred people. So really hardcore X-Files fans that are on there. And it, Chris Carter would go read those message boards and really like look at what the actual fans were saying. Now Game of Thrones episode airs. If you're a guy who created Game of Thrones, yeah. let's see what people say about the episode. You go on Twitter, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's such bullshit. So much noise. But here he could go and look at like very targeted stuff. People who were into the show want to talk about it in an intelligent way because at that point, still, it's early internet days. People yeah. are still having pretty good conversations on there. Um, it was really for fans to talk yeah. to other fans and, and dissect it. it. Right. It's kind of what you want everything to be, but it's devolved into this. Oh, my God. It's just terrible. children screaming at each other. Yeah. Uh, so Dwayne Barry, this guy, um, I really liked this. Kid. I would say this is probably my favorite two part. It's the first two part of the X-Files yes. ever did. It's, oh, really? I didn't yeah, realize that. Okay. They hadn't done one yet. They did like a Squeeze and then Tombs later. They're not two parties. Right. They just had the same bad guy come back. But I thought... This is maybe my favorite one. And Dwayne Barry, the main character in it, I thought was that guy was really good. That actor is named Steve Railsback. He did yeah. a really good job of being sort of a psychopath, but very sympathetic. Well, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, looking at any of these shows, there's something comical about them right off the gate, you know, right out of the gate. Because it's sort of like, you know, just the way that they're dressed, the, the vibe of it. Like, the I, size I felt, of their cell phones. Yeah, it's I mean, like, and, and Dwayne Barry to me felt like, a bottle episode like i felt like they ran out of money because it, it's very isolated the first one yeah. yeah the first one and and but i was like and there was points in that first episode where he's like kind of screaming and going crazy I'm like is this guy a terrible actor and then i was like oh actually i really think like his performance within these two episodes is is very well balanced and yeah like it works like it's like he was it was just like it's it's a tricky line sometimes but they always had amazing actors i felt they really did and this one i mean i didn't think of it when i you know i don't know how long it's been since you watched the x-files but the first scene of this episode is fucking bananas like you oh, see yeah. aliens and you see a ufo pulling them out and in the beginning i was like oh it's just in his head it's subjective but then you see the dog outside the yeah. house like that's an objective like camera angle well that, that that's saying like there are aliens here and i feel like and I love that the you know like the aliens look like the aliens that you always thought like he didn't oh, really, yeah. he didn't really do a spin no, on they're like, like what aliens they're were. alien ass aliens yeah and it's yeah. Like, like and a uh, man like the the torture scenes oh. in that episode are really upsetting like they were Whoa. really well done and, and I mean the idea of having someone's mouth forced open is so scary you know it plays on like dentistry and all yeah. that but it's like open so hard and they're shooting the red thing in and he's screaming and it's and it looks so painful it looks so painful his lip was quivering I don't know how they did that well, well it's good acting <laughs> <laughs> but like um, but that episode I mean you know like again for that bottle thing it's like it basically takes place 
you know, in a, a handful of locations, very small. And oddly, like, they catch up with Fox Mulder, like, swimming at, like, a giant facility. In his tiny red Speedos. I know, when he, when he like, Mulder in a bikini, it was like, that clearly was, like, a note that Fox like, was like, get him down to those skivvies. Yeah, you like, gotta sexualize him. It's interesting. A friend of mine just sent me a picture. Later, as the X-Files went on, there were a lot of, like, pictures of these two characters, like, very sexualized yeah. and, like, sexual sort of, you know, suggestive poses and stuff. Because it's interesting because these characters are so sort of bottled up. Yeah. They're so uh, contained and so, like, in a way grounded. Yeah. But then they sort of throw in this, like, little sexy stuff to, like, try and get them to become sex symbols well, or something. I, and I think it did work, though. I think that David Duchovny, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, he was doing those Red Shoes Diaries before this, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, he let, was. Let me tell, let me ask you if this is something that I misremember or, like, I remember, like, I, what I love is, like, seeing the houses of our main characters. Like, yes. And I, I, I feel like when we got to see, like, I like seeing their houses. I think later on in the, the as the season progressed, you saw much more of their, like, houses. Yeah. But like, I feel like when you saw Mulder's apartment with the answering machine and stuff like that, I, I kind of just, like, oh, yeah, love he seeing where they the, live. Yeah. He sleeps on the couch, which is, like, a fun little detail. He yeah. doesn't sleep in his bedroom. I love that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. that, like, that I remember, like, feeling, like, so... Like, oh, we got to see, like, where they live now. And, yeah, because you've just seen their work, and now you're seeing where they live, who they are, and it gives you insight into who they are as, as people, not just as, you know, FBI yeah. agents. That's interesting you say that. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I found on a message board people having a very in-depth discussion about where Scully lives, what, uh, what floor it's on. Oh, and, wow. Oh, there's a garden outside, so that could be... So all this stuff. So I, it's, it's interesting that you could see, like, this show... Because of the internet, people are really getting into the minutia of it. Yeah. Like in the message boards, you'll see people are talking about what kind of watch Mulder wears and why his watch keeps changing. So oh, there's a, people really get into very specific yeah, yeah. stuff about it and something about the show. The fact that there is sort of this big mythology really lends people to trying to pick everything apart and seeing if everything is a clue, you know? Well, yeah, and, and I, I feel like I, I love stuff like that because I would say, and you know, both of us have done a lot of TV, nothing as intense as like... Like something that people are like, you know, Game no, of Thrones. Really. I haven't, I haven't done my X Files. Yeah, exactly. So you would argue that probably all those, I would say ninety percent of those things that people are noticing are just like Nothing. prop mistakes or oh. like some guy oh, did the, the prop wrong guy thing. Lost yeah. The yeah. watch. Exactly. Yeah, so you it's gotta like get a new watch. Some watch broke or someone yeah. stole it. Um, but the thing that I thought was so interesting about this whole uh, episode, like the premise of Dwayne Barry, the first one. If we just take tackle the first one, it's like. They bring in Fox Mulder. X-Files has been closed. Bring in Fox Mulder because this guy is holding people hostages, hostage and he has had an alien encounter. But yeah. they bring him in to be like, but you can't talk to him about the alien encounter. <laughs> yeah, like, well, like, just what? use some other guy. Yeah, so why bring yeah. him in? Like, it was a really yeah. weird premise to yeah. bring him in and then go, but don't, yeah. whatever you do, That's like don't do that. Michael Jordan playing baseball. Like, yeah. no. Bring me in for my shit, because there's a when they bring him when they bring him in, he's like, "Why am I here?" And she yeah. goes, "Well, he escaped from a mental institution." And I was like, "Oh, okay." They're, yeah, they're like so he's crazy. You'll be great with him. And when like, but I thought I also thought like just from a story perspective, just have him like, relate have to him, the guy, or just have him be on that case. And then the interesting thing is, oh, and this guy has an alien connection. Not like let's go get Mulder. Because this guy talks about aliens. Also, it doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't want to. Wouldn't you want a guy who's like, dude, I totally believe there's fucking yes. elves. 
Give me the gun. We'll go take care of the elves. That's Wouldn't you I, want that? Oh, 100%. Like, I didn't understand why C.C.H. Pounder was being such One a One of the ass. all-time greatest names. Oh, my gosh. C.C.H. Pounder. It's amazing. She is the best. You uh, know, she for, got nominated for an Emmy for that episode. Really? Yeah. That's actually can, kind of surprising. she doesn't do very she much. She doesn't do much at all. No. Yeah. I mean, that she's not bad, but there's nothing... Yeah, there's nothing neither here nor there. I mean, it's like, it's a fine performance, but... Uh, yeah, she's got a great, like, I'm this guy's full name. of shit face, you know? Yeah. And she pulls that out a lot. She has a good moment at the end when she's like, hey, by the way, these things that we pulled out of him... Yeah. Uh, maybe there's something to it. So that's a... F- she has a fun little arc. But it's small. Very small. Barely um, there. I, I just, mean, she could do this in her sleep. Oh, this is like... This is like, she could shoot five Law and Orders and do this in one yeah. day. Um, I wrote down this one note, which I just think is a funny, well, I mean, now I'm saying it's funny. But I love that, like, I think it's about rights. But whenever you see people watching TV, for the most part, on TV shows, they're always watching some black and white thing. And this oh, episode yeah. opens up with this guy, like, watching, like, old black and white footage. I always think that's, like, a funny, like, weird It's always, like, old shit. They can't afford anything recent yeah. or news. I was like, oh, yeah, get some movie from yeah. the 1920s. Well, it should be, like, them watching Grace Under Fire, which <laughs> yeah, is right. a show I reference a lot on this show. But oh, that on, would be great. Classic show. Mulder's a big uh, uh, Grace Under Fire fan. The other thing CCH Pounder does a lot in this episode is, like, uh, when Mulder's in there yeah. talking, like roll her eyes whenever he brings <laughs> up like, oh, I, I know aliens are real. And she's like, fucking this guy. My favorite thing in this episode was a camera move. And I don't know if you remember this, but they're wiring Mulder up to go inside the tourism place. You yeah, know? this camera move. And moves. the camera is like, like, the, the director of this kind of went wild for a moment. Like the oh, show went- This is the first episode directed by Chris Carter. And oh. written by Chris Card. It's the first thing he's ever directed. So he's a little like. It's kind of crazy. Like, like Mulder's literally just getting wired up. Like that's it. Like, and they're going, okay, here's a wire. It goes in your ear. Here's a bulletproof vest. It, you know, it protects yeah. you from bullets. But the camera starts in the left-hand corner of the frame and goes down to the right-hand oh, corner. Oh, yeah, and, and then, then it comes back and it goes the other way. Like, it's, like, swiping back and forth. I mean, it's interesting, but it's also weird because the camera move is, like, dictating a time jump. But it's the there's same. There's no time mo- jump. There's no time jump. It's the same. It would be. It would should be like me telling you, like, "Hey, Paul. So I'll teach you karate. Cut to. Yeah. All right. Now you know karate. Now let's teach you karate. There's no. There's it's just like the same line. That, <laughs> That's that exactly. such an odd thing. That is right. It conveys a time cut where there really isn't any any time jump. But I thought that that. So so he's been talking to Dwayne Barry on the phone, right? Yes. Then why do they dress Mulder up as an EMT? Isn't he going to go in and he's going to be like, wait, does everybody talk in like a soft monotone? Well, I also found that like, like again, it doesn't make that much. Like that's where this episode, like I love this stuff that's happening, but it just felt like, why are we making it so complex? It's like, you, why would you even put him in? Like, why do you even need I to? I feel like this is probably what happened. It makes sense to me that they would get Mulder because this guy's into UFOs. Got it. it. Makes okay, sense to I'm me. into that. Yep, makes sense to send a guy in who knows about UFOs, get them to connect on that. At some point at the script, they look and they were like, there isn't enough uh, conflict in this little area. Right. We need to ramp it up. How do we make a conflict between him and CCH Pounder? And they were like, all right, we'll make it so that CCH Pounder tells them to not talk about it. And it feels like the big machinations of the plot were already in that they couldn't change it. But so it, it feels yeah. like a little thing that was added just to add a little bit more tension in that part. Because in my mind, again, like when he comes in as the EMT, 
it's quickly like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not really an EMT. I'm yeah, guy he's not even, on the phone. I don't know anything about trying to not uh, let a guy die. Yeah, it was so weird. It was like, there was, it was sort of like a lot of half, like, like, yeah, half ideas. Like, uh, you're an EMT. Actually, I'm not. All right. So okay. anyway, let's continue. I'm not. Let's talk about aliens. <laughs> also, it would be so fucking distracting to me if I'm talking to you and I have a thing in my ear and I have to pretend oh, yeah. there isn't a thing in my ear and they're talking to me all the fucking time. Like, don't do that. I'm just going to say yes to nothing and then the guy's going to be on to me. It was, oh, yeah. I mean, and that I and I liked like I really liked that scene between him and Dwayne Barry when they finally like, when they finally got face to face and yeah. start talking about the aliens and stuff like and that. His sister and shit. Yeah. And I especially in the Ascension episode, I love the interrogation scene between them. I thought that was an yeah. awesome. I like, think this episode, the way these two work so well, which we pointed out, is that the first one is very claustrophobic. Yes. It's all very contained. They're indoors. The second one is all outside. But the second one does really well. It's called Ascension and it's him literally physically ascending to the top of this mountain. Yeah. But it really feels like more of a descent. It feels like Mueller's getting more and more harried as it goes. His five o'clock shadow is getting thicker. He's, his, his, I think Mulder's performance in these two is really good where he starts off normal and he gets more and more unhinged as it goes. Yeah. So it really is him like going into a pit. And I think contrasting that with physically going up really worked for me. Well, I'm going to throw out a theory for you. I feel like the, the aliens of it all, the, the conspiracy of it all, is like a drug to Fox Mulder. And like when he gets involved in this stuff and it gets real, it's almost like he's going on a binge. So he's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, he, it, you know, he, like he has the affectation of he becomes more quick to act in, or pounce. He becomes, he, he loses all of the, the calm demeanor. He almost hulks out, if, for lack of a better. That's you know. exactly right. He goes on a bender. Yeah, and so like this stuff is what f- kind of fuels him. Yeah. And I thought that's like, I was like interesting to see that's that. That's a he, really great analogy because even heroin, you know, people who are into it love yeah. doing it, even though it's bad for him. Uh, but he's like sliding. It's like, oh, you're giving. Because I think that that like the knowledge of his sister and like that, like it's, he's doing everything he can to say to stay sober or whatever, and then right. when it's there, he's like, "No, no, I need to get back." Like, it's like yeah. he, it's so close for him to do it. Like, and you know, he wants it so bad. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's interesting. That's why he's like sort of excited. There's a point where he um, is talking to Dwayne Barry, and he's like, "Let them go. I'll go in with you." Yeah. Mulder kind of wants to be abducted a little bit. A hundred percent. He wants to be he taken wa- by these I aliens. Mean, like he wants it. So badly because I think he needs to. I mean, it's he's like it's like the ultimate fan. He wants to be. You know, he wants to meet the the, the yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. He wants to meet the stars. He's like he's he's a stalker of aliens. Like, <laughs> That's totally. There. Yeah, he wants to meet Alice Cooper. That's yeah. who aliens are to him. I don't <laughs> know why that's the best example I could come no, up with. No, but I think that's the perfect example for huge rock stars. Uh, yeah. it, it, yes, go ahead. No, I was like, but he like. And I think it's like a funny, like, like f you to him that he can't ever, like, he wants it, he can't get there, and yeah. and and then there's an insult to injury that like uh, that, the one who doesn't isn't a fan. Yeah, yeah. She gets it's like there. you don't even like basketball. You're going to see the Bulls. Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. get to hang out with Michael Jordan. You're going to play one on one with him. Too? Yeah, but now that's he, exactly right. Here's my thought about the whole thing: Was this whole, these two whole episodes basically written so? Uh, her pregnancy yes so she get pregnant that is part of it but I think it works so well like it does out of necessity they really 
like came up with something great that then affects you know the shit that happens with these two episodes yeah. is part of the X Files forever. It changes yeah. Scully, it changes the arc of the whole thing. So yeah, but oh, that's interesting. I made this note. You were talking about how they to tell them not to talk about yeah. UFOs, but before that, CCH Pounder says whatever crap you got to make up about spacemen and UFOs, just keep them on the phone. So she tells him to talk about it. Yeah. Then when he's going in, she tells him to not talk about it. But it's interesting because it's sort of like the only. Yeah, I get. But I also felt like they were when he first got on the phone with him, he was not talking about aliens. He was like very much just doing the job of a hostage. Yeah, they had the honesty, conciliation, containment, resolution like those. Oh, right. Things. Yeah. And the thing like the, then the guy repeats chalkboard. it. I did I, write. I did like the uh, I, I did just note too like. And it's funny, I think as a 90s thing, but the smoke, there's always smoke in all oh, those rooms. Everything it's, is smoky. It's really funny. Yeah. I was like, wow, it's really like it really is dark and smoky and small and But it it's really like I think it's part of the X Files look, you know, the smoky, the stark lighting, like yeah. coming from like sharp angles from like sh sharp source sources. And you don't ever get to see clear like with the monsters too, you never really got to see them hundred yeah, percent exactly. clear. You got to see them a little bit. <laughs> I mean, bit. this is the most we've ever seen the fucking aliens, and you and, really see them, but I And think you were so psyched and it was like it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And like I think think you're right. Like the idea, like the dog's perspective is is interesting. I didn't think about that when I was watching. Yeah, because it, it, oh, it all all of it. And, and when I get to the message boards, there's a lot of discussion about that. Like, is this real? Is this subjective? Like, oh, what Mulder sees when he's thinking of Scully being kidnapped, is that an actual objective thing or is that just him? Oh, and what, what uh, Dwayne Barry sees and stuff. Well, what do you think? I mean, I think that Dwayne Barry is telling the truth. Yeah, it's, um, I think he is telling the truth. And I think he really is. I mean, there's time loss that happens so many times. I thought... The whole setup of the first episode is so good. If you think of these together as a movie, which, then you know, it's 90 minutes. It's basically a yeah. movie. Within 10 minutes, Mulder is already in the hostage negotiation. Right. So that moves. It, it's set up so quickly. It moves so quickly. For a movie, it would take like a half hour to get there. Yeah. They're there in 10 minutes. And I think it, there's so much going on in that hostage thing. The time loss, the lights coming in. Yeah. It seems to me pretty obvious that uh he is actually getting kidnapped and he's actually seeing it maybe he's filled in some of the details because he sees humans with the aliens right. is the first time you get the sense that uh how how far humans involvement in the conspiracy really goes is the first real indication of that yeah because when he, when he's being interrogated too like he's aware of yeah they, like uh like he sees Crychek and those two other guys hanging yeah. up by the window and yeah, yeah there's something really yeah uh i I, I was also thinking about this too, like because this is like again, I haven't watched them in a long time. So yeah. like, I'm did like, you like watching it again? Oh, 100 percent. It held up for me way more than I thought it was going to. Oh, I was yeah. talking about it the other day. I was like, this is like, it's good. It's, it's really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah. And I I thought it was really interesting, like because like so Scully when she so she is like I feel like pretty much on board because she is like skeptical about like what the metal was, but then she does bring it to. The grocery store to pay with a check to kind of wipe. And she scan. does take it to the guy to get a taken, you know, get a look. I mean, she's intrigued. She's into yeah. it. Yeah. And I thought that like was that like um the most we've seen her into it at this point? Was that like a big turning point to see her? You've seen her. You know what's interesting is that one of the knocks on the X Files that you hear from people a lot is like she's seen UFOs and why is she always skeptical? When you watch the show, it's a lot more nuanced than you remember it. Yeah. On paper, you're like, he's the believer, she's the non-believer. 
in reality, her her character, they give her like reasons to believe in this stuff like pretty often. She's not a crazy person who's right. just denying everything. She's she's always sort of investigating to the best of her ability. Well, she's like I would say that she is skeptical of what she's seeing. Like she's always saying like well, what about this? What about that? Like she's, right. and she's like, yeah. so it's not like not as if like she has valid other reasons for it. And right. Like, you know, where I feel like his flaws that he would always just believe that everything is yeah. a conspiracy. Did they ever prove Fox wrong about that? Like, like was or was he always just right? Was no, he's already so far. You know, this is the beginning of season two, but he's been proven wrong a bunch of times, and it's it's very but, obvious because it, because it's the conspiracy, or is it because like like. No, because he was crazy and okay. she was like, let's look at all the evidence. Okay. And what she came up with was actually right. Like, there's an episode called Eve where it's these uh, genetically engineered kids and there's crazy shit going on, but Mulder's convinced it's UFOs. And it's not UFOs. And Scully uh, does actually proper investigating. Mulder goes in with his preconceived ideas, right. you know. That's what it always is. The difference is Mulder approaches the situation knowing what's going on and he's usually right. Scully goes in not knowing and wants to investigate and figure it out, which right. I think makes her ultimately a better agent. I think so too. I think she, and that's uh, and that's why the aliens took her because she's better. Because she's better. <laughs> yeah. But you don't fucking, want this guy who's like yeah. so into. It. You yeah. want the you want the fan. You want the alien fan is a little bit hard to get. Like, I know. You know, yeah. you know I, like, I love you. I love all your albums. <laughs> Alice Cooper, you're the best. You know, <laughs> Alice Cooper wants to hang out with somebody who's a little bit cool. Yeah, know? Alice Cooper wants to hang out with someone who's not just going to be like. So when you wrote 18 till I die, what were you thinking? You don't want that. <laughs> You want someone who can, like, talk about, you know, what TV shows they like watching and stuff. Now, this episode also brings in one of my favorite characters, which is Crycheck too. Yeah, Crycheck just showed up the episode before it. I emailed you and yeah. told you. Um, what a motherfucker, huh? I love that. Like, I, I love, love that him. character. Has he worked that much since then? He... Not really. He becomes a huge part of the X-Files, obviously. Right. What I think he's really good at is changing his energy for when he's good and when he's bad. Yeah. Oh, the scene between him and the smoking man oh, in yeah. the car is a great, great scene. He does it so well. On the message boards, uh, I'll get to it later when I read it, people hate him. Oh, really? And they call him Rat Boy. They don't ever call him Crycheck. That's his name is Rat Boy. Because they're on the they're on the Mulder fan. They're, they're in, like, oh they're yeah, like you're betraying our main character. But clearly, they have such a strong reaction to this character means that they, you know, there's something very compelling. about Oh yeah, it. because I mean, you're putting yourself in the mindset of Mulder and Scully, and this person's like hurting them. You know? Yeah. Like, and I love like I forget like again all these like great performances like Mitch Pileggi. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, when he's chewing nothing and just looking at you, so fucking badass. So great. It's uh, and the second episode, I feel like where the first episode was like you said like we we're claustrophobic, and then the second episode that like that was like a, almost like a James Bond sequence on top of like the uh, oh yeah Sky the cable Tramp. car yeah yeah that was like really kind of a great thing fucking scary I can't handle cable cars um we were somewhere and to get to a bar you had to go to a cable yeah. car down to like the beach it's horrifying they always seem like they're just hanging there's nothing oh, yeah. below them they're just hanging well I remember like I think it was a James Bond movie where one of the characters like was eating the cable like Jaws I think Richard Keel is like oh that's right like biting the cable yeah yeah like, yeah like, I don't like being hung up that yeah. high, yeah, that's uh, not not fun. That's for me. exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, but do you think that the uh, this is my question to you? Do you think that this episode is written 
like was Chris Carter driving to work every day in Canada and then saw like cable there was cars? a cable car and a cable car cable cars like oh, yeah. when I write my episode this, <laughs> yeah, gonna be gonna, on a cable car um, we got a fucking cable car sequence but that's gonna be really expensive who cares we'll shoot one episode just inside a travel agency in one room, yeah. room. alright go exactly get me a travel agency for a week and then the next one I'm hanging Mulder off a cable car <laughs> yeah exactly and it was uh, also shot in one of those weird night for day things like they clearly didn't shoot at night but they put like I felt like they put lenses on the camera to make it seem darker. This, the lighting in this one is really interesting. There's a lot of like, like in the beginning where um, Dwayne Barry's with his therapist. Oh yeah, which I thought was a great scene because he's like trying to convince uh, uh, yeah. th- that he shouldn't take medication, but he says they're coming again. That's not a great way to get your dosage decreased. They're coming again. Give me less medication. All right. But yeah. even in that room, the lighting was so like it's obviously like you could see. You know, like we said, we we've shot stuff obviously yeah. and you could i could see like okay so there's a light over here going in through this window there's a light over here going in through this window but it's for most tv shows they try and hide that on this show yeah it's almost like part of the aesthetic is that it's, it's super clearly stylized. lit in a very specific stylized i way. mean it's even the opening titles kind of dictate that because the opening titles are shot the same way like light shooting from the left and right oh like, yeah totally. you know it's like it's very it's seeds all- germinating so <laughs> scary um I did want to talk about my favorite thing, which is I, I feel like maybe the X-Files is the reason for it's like one of the jokes that we did on NTSF, but it's my favorite thing of all time. The enhance enhance. Oh, moment. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like because Dwayne Barry kidnaps uh, Scully. Scully and she's in the trunk. Yeah. And they ha- the only footage they have is through like this police camera and they get the police camera. And they're in this room, and the police camera is so grainy, so oh, yeah. black and white. And he's like, can you zoom in on this section? And then it's like, perfect sure. quality. And he's like, enhance, enhance, enhance. Yeah. And it's like, a cl- like, it was so clear. Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, they should just stop enhancing now. And he goes, oh, there's a girl it's in the clearly, back of the trunk. Clearly Scully, yeah. yeah. No, it's no, like a headshot. It was a beautiful shot. Yeah, like, yeah. You could make a poster out of that. Um, one thing I was saying, what, uh, in that scene, Dwayne Barry kills the cop. Yes. He kills so many people, but he's still... There's something still so like innocent and he's sympathetic, likeable. but he's very likable. He's not a villain, I don't think, because he's, he's clearly really not. like it, it's like a mother being like it's like a mother trying to get back her kid, or or be like he's being chased by these aliens. Like he has yeah. no control. He's like I need to go. Like you don't understand. Yeah, and the I fact need- that he wants to take the therapist makes so much sense because it's like this is the guy who won't believe me. I'll yeah. fucking show you. There's something very desperate and relatable about that. Why he's like I'm just gonna fucking show you what actually happens. And it makes sense. It and makes that's sense. Why I think that that opening scene is so important because it. Well, I mean, I think it is. It's, it really is happening to him. I mean, even if it was in his head. Like he's sympathetic. It's still, yeah, he's still sympathetic. And like, I love how he refers to himself in the first person. And oh yeah, that's one of the uh, uh, side effects of uh, being kidnapped them. by aliens. Is you talk like an athlete. Hey, you start talking like Dwayne Barry's always giving one hundred and ten percent. Don't stop Dwayne Barry. Yeah, like, <laughs> can't stop Dwayne Barry. Um, I did love when he. I mean, because he did give that cop a chance to uh, get out of there. Oh yeah, he uh, did. But you know, but look, we can't fault the cop. A cop shouldn't get out of there. No, no, no. That's a bad cop then. I mean, like uh, Colin Hanks' character in Fargo, and when, uh, when Billy Bob was like, "Go get out of here," and yeah. he's like, "All right, I will." And he did, <laughs> and and it was great. You know, obviously plagued his character and created his arc. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you know the cop did the right thing. But that footage was shot really cool too because they. 
did shoot it from like the camera, like they had like when from the police, the car yeah, camera. It yeah, it starts in the beginning like that. The yeah. show is really well. They directed. do a lot of cool stuff like that in this episode where they, yeah, they have that where that then it cuts right to the grainy footage from the yeah. thing. So they, they they do like good like time cuts. Like that's a good jump to go from this actually happening to Mulder reviewing it. All that shit in the middle is boring. We don't need it. Let's yeah. go right to it. We don't need Mulder getting a call that there's somebody yes. that they found footage that the cop got killed. Yeah. You know what happened? Just go do it. He's there. And uh, yeah. the only thing that I was like, like curious about is like, how did he broker this deal with the aliens? How did Dwayne Barry like kind of be like, yeah, I don't. Well, here's the thing. This is what I think is going on. Um, and there's a lot of discussion on the message boards about it. In the last episode, which you didn't see, Sleepless, he says, um, Scratchick says, what are we going to do about right. Scully? And Cigarette uh, Smoking Man says, I'll handle it. And then in this one, when Scratchick is in the car with Cigarette Smoking Man, and he yeah. goes, uh, "How? what are we going to do about, you know? Well, yeah. yeah, and he goes, the problem is handled. I think... That well, also there's a whole question: How does Dwayne Barry know where she lives? Right, that's right, right. The yeah. Question that they talk about. I think obviously in this sort of you find out that humans and aliens are in cahoots. Right. So I think that's part of the plan is to so take like the Scully. cigarette smoking man was probably the arbiter of that. Like, hey guys, here's the deal. Yeah. Leave hey guys, new, guy deal. new deal. New deal. Like, yeah. Let's just start over again. Moving on. Yeah. They met at a Denny's. They sat down at a <laughs> quick little meeting. Did, uh, yeah, it's an alien, but with just like a fake human mustache. <laughs> Did uh who, um oh wait so see so Dwayne Barry so then the aliens kind of made Dwayne Barry feel that he was responsible for that switch. I think you know they sort of told Dwayne Barry I think like this is where she is if you go get this woman then you know we won't take you we'll take this God, woman instead. Okay. I think that's how it is. It's sort of and a, they kind of then they kind of JFK him. By like like Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, like, they fucking totally Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Them. They it's totally, a very uh, you know. I mean, that's a tough. I thought that scene where Dwayne Barry sort of gives up Scully, and he's so excited. By the way, whenever a madman is yelling yes, something bad has happened. <laughs> yes, he's gotten things his way. That's not good. But Mulder's talking to him, and Dwayne Barry again. We're talking about. He's such a sympathetic character. He's like, I'm sorry. He's yeah. like, I hope they don't hurt her too much. Like, yeah. he feels genuinely bad about it. And then also, Dwayne Barry's like, I saw your sister up there. <laughs> right? <didn't laughs> he says he says he saw little girls. Okay, up there. Yeah, okay, yeah, little girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, yeah, I've seen little girls up there. <laughs> yeah, and that again gives Mulder like more, you know. Yeah, to run, like, like, keep going. Yeah. Also, there's just one other thing about Scully. Uh, oh, well, I'll come back to it if I remember it. Yeah, there's so many things I was thinking. I thought that, yeah, that when Mulder starts talking to Dwayne Barry, like you were saying, in the when they're still at the uh, hostage thing, and he's just asking it, he's not at that point even trying to diffuse the situation. He's just trying to find out about, it. like, are they tall? Are they short? Yes. What are their faces like? That's what I'm saying. Is he wants that, like, he just folk. needs to know, and it's not even about really anything other than just getting that information. Well, here's my question then to you and I keep on having these I'm like I'm so into what you're saying and then I get my like, like why oh wait why am I why do I keep on blanking on what I'm gonna say damn it oh this never happens uh, oh it's okay this, I, mean, we're, a, a I think there's so much baby. to talk about <laughs> yeah okay yeah <laughs> all right I'll come back to it I'll yeah 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 write it um I thought that that thing where they sort of when they take you when the when 
they take you and you're just yes. like sort of frozen, the waking nightmare thing. Yes. That is so scary. That's I a real that. phenomenon that happens. I read about that. This is my question was, yeah. why did Mulder give him crap? And it's like, all I saw was a helicopter. That's all I saw. Like, well, clearly there's a beam of light. Is he scullying right there? Like, I mean, like, it was an odd choice for uh -huh. him to be like, I don't believe you now. That is really interesting. But because I guess maybe Mulder's like, you're full of shit. You killed Scully. You don't really believe in aliens. I think he's just angry because he, part of him thinks that maybe he killed, that Scully's dead. And that's, that beam of light was intense. Yes, it was intense. And it wasn't just a helicopter. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, that's a good point because he sort of believes, even when he's with Dwayne Barry and he says, hey, go unlock the yeah. door and that they shoot Dwayne Barry. Even after that, we're just saying his full name, by the way. Dwayne yeah, Barry. We have to. Uh, yeah, you have to. He, he says it uh, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Barry calls Dwayne, himself yeah. Dwayne Barry. Um, when he sort of sends him to the window, I was like, did Mulder do that on purpose so he could get yeah. shot and then it becomes clear he did? But then even after all that, he tells Scully, I believe him. Yeah. So I think Mulder believes him until that happens. And then the idea that he just killed Scully and left her in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. That's like so scary to him. At the end, the conversation that he has with Skinner is really cool. Where, where they're for the first time talking to each other. Because he's been around a little yeah. bit, talking to each other just like people, and there's no like outside influence or anything, yeah. and it just Mulder is going, "Hey, do you think they?" He says, Skinner asks him. Skinner is like, "Hey, do you think she's dead?" He's like, "You're the boss. You should know." Yeah. But he's like, "I don't know what they're capable of. They're just having like sort of a candid conversation about the shit they're in." And and I agree with that. And then, but that's why I felt the end of that scene was so weird because he's like, they're having this like one on one conversation. He's like, "Oh, and the X Files is open again." Yeah, and I felt it was like, oh, it didn't feel like that. Like that, it didn't feel like that was the right tag for that conversation. Like, because it felt like well, I, I they were talking about potentially a murder, and yeah. it was like, but let's. Well, I think what he was doing was I, I, I. What he was doing was like, listen, there's bad guys that are trying to do this thing to us. All we have to do to fight back is reinstate the X Files. It's almost like a desperate move. Okay, so it's just like, yeah, yeah, they won't shut us down. I think it's just sort of sending a message, and okay. I think. Mitch Pileggi, or yeah. however you say his name, was so good in that scene. He's like so, so badass. Great. He's like, what, what's the exact line that he says when he uh, uh, he says, um, there's only the one thing that I can do, Mr. Mulder, as of right now, I'm reopening the X-Files. That's what they fear the most. Like, it's like sort of this, yeah. it's supposed to be this badass moment, but then Mulder just walks out. I don't know why well, that's Mulder... Like I said, there's um, something weird about, like, it was fulfilling it at the same time, like, oh, okay. Mulder but, should... I think I guess because his partner maybe may or may not be dead. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we can we can sort of uh let him go for that, you know. Um what else? There's um oh, I, him referring to himself as Dwayne Barry. I guess it kind of works. I mean, I looked up in the message boards and people are talking about yeah. that. They said a lot of people with schizophrenia do that. Okay. But it makes sense so much horrible stuff is happening to him that he's sort of dissociating a little bit. And he was so, shot too. Like wasn't he shot like he had oh, like yeah, yeah he, like, he had he had some issues. He's 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 gone through a bunch of shit, and, and he uh, did play for the NBA for a couple seasons. <laughs> he did, so he's got still got that arrogance. But I thought <laughs> he um, they sort of introduced a little thing where Scully finds a psychiatric profile and that he was shot in the head or something. Yeah. Um, so there's that little thing where Mulder's talking to him and he's tied, and then she's telling him like he's just fucking lying. He's just a crazy person. Yeah. Would, would, do you think, as the audience, we're supposed to, at that moment, think that he's been lying to? Or is that just sort of Scully? Are we supposed to also think? I, I think it's supposed to be... I mean, I think, yes. 
I think you're. I think it's. I think it's Scully doing her job of being like. It's psychosis, which it's, uh, makes yeah. perfect sense for her approach. Because it, yeah, because it felt like to me like. Yeah. Okay, Foxy, you're gonna chase after this guy, but there's here's a logical reason of why it's not. Why it could not be true. And I think they do such a good job because right at that, she tells him, like, this guy's just crazy. And then it cuts to Dwayne Barry saying the craziest shit we've heard in all of the X-Files, which is that humans and aliens are in cahoots. That's a big step from aliens are coming to aliens and humans are working together to do something. Yeah. So they they do, they plant enough of a doubt to do a good job, I think, of, like, he's crazy. And then he says something crazy. And now Mulder has to decide, like... This is crazy, but is it crazy? Well, now, based on what you were saying to me, it's interesting because, again, just kind of looking back at the show and remembering how all the things, like, things are now coming back. But it's like, it's an instance where Mulder is actually right. And and there is evidence that could be viewed another way. But this is a theory where he is right. Like, he, like, he, like Scully is doing her job that she normally does, but she's wrong in this. Right. Instance. And, and it's, so that's an interesting thing. And she too. kind of pays for it. Yeah. Um, I thought that whole sequence where he's in there does such a good job of you know because it's just two people talking yeah him and Dwayne Barry just talking but enough where like Dwayne Barry gets pissed off and then he has to win his trust back and then again yeah. lose this trust so there's like a lot going on it's a bottle episode those are really hard to write because you have to do so much with so little yeah it um one of the episodes of NTSF that we never wrote and I'm I'm I, by saying it out loud I'm reserving the right to write it yeah yeah um, yeah is we were going to do a bottle episode in a bottle and, <laughs> like uh, a big bottle. A big bottle. Like it was going to be in a museum where they had like a ship's bo- like a a ship in a bottle. It was like a, a bigger ship in a bottle. Oh, that's and we awesome! Got caught in the bottle. Is that? Would you have to build that? Is that? Was, yeah, we were figuring. We, well, we actually had figured out a way to build a bot like a big bottle, like a big bottle. Weirdly, would that bottle episode then be more expensive than a regular episode? It probably would be. <laughs> which is the point of bottle episodes yeah, is to make it cheap. cheap. Yeah. Oh, but NTSF is done. Are you? It saying, is done. It are you is saying done. something. Um, oh, I'm not saying anything. No, I mean, but we we reserve the right to come back to it. Like I just kind of felt like right now is like uh, to do another season of it. I felt like I wanted to just take a break and yeah, do something different. So yeah, having just, a kid. Well, it was like it was to me from a creative point of view too. It was like oh, we did like 38 episodes of it. And it was super fun. Yeah, and I was, was like, great. well, now let me do something different, and it'll be more fun. Like. Just so you don't feel like you, I don't ever want to do anything where it feels like, and still doing it. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's like, there's other ideas. Which is so interesting because so much of like the way that this industry is built and just like, give me another chance. I want to keep doing yeah. it. Give, like driving things into, into the ground. The idea of stepping away from shows. Like when Seinfeld stepped away, people were like, what the fuck are you doing? That's yeah. crazy. It's not crazy. It makes sense. It's, Continuing to do the same thing is crazy. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, it gives you an opportunity to try different stuff. And that last year I got to do different stuff that I couldn't have done if, with, with, if I did do NTSF, yeah. you know, but one of the things that we wanted to do and, and Curtis Gwynn, who was a producer on that show, a big X-Files fan too. We created oh, our is he? own. Yeah. And we created our own version of the X-Files in an episode. And we always wanted to spin these guys off throughout the season. Like we had these, like it, it just kept on getting like mixed around, but we had like, we have a lot of X-Files things in our, especially in our first season, we have like little throw twos of, uh, we have like an X Files department, I believe, and we had a um, we wrote a whole part for Peter Serafinowicz to be like this like profiler at one yeah. point. Yeah. So yeah, things are in there. Oh, we have a lot of like that tips guy's of great. That. We have a cigarette smoking man in uh, one of the episodes from last season. Like we 
there's a lot of little X-Files nuggets throughout. As much as everything else that we love, oh, we just would drop those things. Well, in. that's good. That's what I love about your show is that it's such an homage to obviously stuff you love. Yeah. You're not making fun of stuff. You are, or you are, but you're making fun of stuff you love. You're coming yeah, from a place a of affection. Thing. It's like, yeah. I, I, like, I mean, it's all these things. Like, I mean, it's all these things. It's just like tipping the hat and having like these things. Like, well, what's a more comical smoking man? Like, we had him. Like, yeah, we just had him. We had him do a gossip section at the end of the, <laughs> the uh, we had him like at the end of one of the episodes, he's like, you know, Miley Cyrus wearing a new dress. Is it fashion or aliens? And, <laughs> and we couldn't, and then we couldn't say anything because like we could never say that the best legal note we ever got. It was like uh, Michael, uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman got divorced. Now they're back together. Is it because of aliens? And they're like, uh, you can't say that. Uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman, like we can't say that they are associated with aliens. Like, they don't exist, aliens. They don't exist. Like, what? No, and they, like, so we couldn't. We uh, if that episode when he does do his little thing at the end, we can't name any celebrity and aliens because we'd be drawing a like they could sue us for a libel saying that saying they're, that so, they're so, in cahoots with aliens. Yeah, which was hilarious to me. Like he never had gotten a legal note like that, and it was uh, that would be the greatest libel suit of all time. It would be great. Like Danny was like, I am not friendly with aliens. I am not an abductee. <laughs> Um, so the first episode did really well. Uh, I mean, compared to, you know, last season, 8.9, mm-hmm. uh, 8.5 million people watched it. CCH Pounder and Chris Carter both earned primetime a- Emmy noms for uh, excellence in primetime television. Uh, she uh, outs- outstanding guest actress in a drama. He was nominated for uh, best writing. That episode was also sound editing uh, oh. and uh, regular editing. Um, it got nominated for that. And then the next one, Ascension. Did even better in the ratings. 9.6 rating. 9.2 million households watched it. You know what uh, I noticed is as soon as the second episode starts, yeah. Mulder seems to have a much thicker 5 o'clock shadow. Like, does stress make your hair grow faster? Maybe maybe he. that's like one of his side effects. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a guy that can grow a beard quick, though. He does. Also, he looks great in a 5 o'clock shadow. Oh, yeah, Mulder's like- a total babe in these episodes. Mulder really, it's like you watch him and he carries off those 90 suits Oh yeah, really well. He's yeah, really well. I was like, wow, he still with the works. I don't love his haircut in this episode. I don't know why. It's just shorter or something. There is something weird about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Like it's not. Ex- you guys aren't nailing what you're going for when I see that <laughs> hair. What was? Remember what he looked like in? I can't remember. If it was the first or second movie when he was like holed up in that house and he had like a didn't he have a crazy the, ass beard? That's too? the second movie. Yeah, that's he has movie. a crazy beard. Yeah, no good. Um, I thought the scene. I thought the cold open for the second episode was really good, where Mulder's sort of in her apartment, there's blood all over. Yeah. It, it's such a scary image. Like, the person you love the most, the and person you trust the most. the blood on the glass. Oh, yeah, so scary. from under the table. And yeah. then when he sees later, the, when he sees on Dwayne Barry's, like, uh, tag, oh, yeah. the matted blood and hair, it's so scary, but it's, like, sort of going back and forth between what's actually happening and then what he's seeing. Well, I love that. Like, they kind of, you see the whole scene play out through his mind. Through his perspective and her perspective, yeah. And it's just seeing her helpless like that is no good. Also, knowing that she's pregnant and they made her, like, lie on her stomach yeah. and scream and shit. By the way, um, was... Scully's mom a, a fixture that like it was like hi Mrs. Scully like uh, this is the first, second episode I believe she's showed up it was so funny it was so, it was so like oddly friendly but they had such a nice relationship this is the first time they've met 
Mulder is like a little like, oh, hey, Scully's mom. Like he wants to be nice yeah, to her. Yeah, I he feel like there it. was like an episode where they had dinner, but we didn't ever see it. Yeah, it. Like, like they had a really nice yeah time. Scully had him over like, hey, come on, she's Fox. mom. She's really yeah, nice. Yeah, she's great. You'd love her. Uh, but yeah, obviously she's heard a lot about uh, yeah. Mulder. <laughs> Um, I heard a lot about you. Um, there's a weird Nazi reference. You remember when he's... Uh, oh, this is what I like about Fox. Fox. I'm just going to call him Fox. Yeah, is that he's always completely true to what he believes. Like, he won't, like, hide it. So when um, Skinner has that meeting with all the people about how yeah. to, like, get Scully back, and Skinner asks him, you know, Skinner says, hey, so he says he's listening to alien voices in his head. What do you think, Mulder? By all accounts, what is best for the case in that moment is Mulder going, no, let's just try and find the guy. Who cares? Yeah. Just, but Mulder's, you know, can't do that. He has to be like, yeah, the, I, I think he's kidnapped by aliens and people are listening. Th- this is not good for no, the case. No, he's always sabotaging himself. He really is. In front of, like, he should, he should know how to have, like, a work voice. Like, he would get ahead further if he just... Was a little bit more selective with what he shared. With yeah, he, he totally, totally. You know, like when everyone leaves, he could say like to uh, Mitch Pluggy back, "Hey, and by the way, I do think that that guy." Yeah, is but in. I just yeah, listen, yeah, dude. I, I know these guys. I like, know you think I'm crazy. I know they think I'm crazy. I'm I, just, like, I want you to know that like this is just yeah. between us. Yeah, and, uh, you're yeah. welcome. I <laughs> I saved your ass there. Uh, that song, Red Right Hand. You remember that one? Oh, That's a great yeah. song. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. That's a great song. It, it, I feel like. Um, they could afford music back then too. Like, I it feel became like cool music like this is not. It became like more and more as the season went on. They could have more more cool music because really that's neat. such a fucking scary song, yeah. and that's what he's actually listening to on the radio. Like it's not just music. Like uh, I don't know what the term for it is. No, but, but like the soundtrack music where it's not like it's not. Yeah, it's, yeah but the just, characters can hear it. Yeah, because I thought it was just like playing in the you know yeah. soundtrack music, and then the sheriff says, "Could you turn that down?" And he turns it down. I like the idea that that's what Dwayne Barry listens to. Like Nick Cave makes perfect sense that he would listen to Nick Cave. Yeah. Well, also, progressive radio station be playing Nick Cave. (laughs) Yeah. What radio station is playing that (laughs) in the 90s? Um, I thought that uh, this whole uh, season has been sort of about keeping Mulder and Scully separate because part of it's because she's pregnant, but also the X Files are done. They're not working together. So they're sort of in every episode, they're kind of fighting to work together. And then this episode, Ascension, is the ultimate version of that, where he really has to fight and go through a bunch of trials to like try and reunite and then that you yeah. know obviously that doesn't happen but uh this really like sort of encapsulated the whole theme of them trying to like you know be together again um where uh like I, again i don't want to give spoilers for people who are watching for the first time but where does it really go off the rails this show like the mythology i would say the mythology after the first movie like um Season six has some great standalone episodes, yeah. but then the mythology starts getting muddy. That's, and then seven, yeah. eight, nine is really muddy. Yeah, I remember. Because it was meant to end in the first movies where it should have ended. Yeah, it was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's uh, you do you did you did you stick with it the whole? Oh, I did. I I watched it until the bitter end. I don't remember much of it after. Like it's funny, like how like nine years of a show just kind of and it's gone. Like you yeah. know, it's like because it's like move on to the next thing so i remember moments but i remember like liking elements of that first movie and i like, remember i like the first movie you know I, I i feel like i like the second movie too i really want to watch it again i have it i yeah, really want to watch, watch it, it again like i mean i feel like again all these things are like so like they're kind of like preserved in amber in my mind and as we're talking about it, i'm like oh right right about that oh, yeah, yeah yeah there's like a jigsaw puzzles and you're slowly putting it together as you remember it well like as you just said that i was like 
oh, they continued doing the show after the first movie. I always remember it in my mind as being like, the show ended, then they did two movies. No. So, and then, then like, when you said it, I was like, oh, right. Again, it gets really off the rails because yeah. then they brought in extra people, like other, right? They yeah, they brought like Robert Patrick and Annabeth Gish yeah, came in to then, replace yeah, them. Yeah. Like, and then they hated each other. Yeah. And they weren't like, yeah. And that, I, I remember it so weirdly, like, because in this one, when she scans that little thing, the uh, the implant and the, the machine goes yeah. nuts. Um, I remember that happening way later, like season four or five or something, but it happened super early on. It's funny. Your brain, your brain just kind of categorizes everything like this. It's a, yeah. lot, it's a lot of material, too. But this is a show, actually, like if they reboot it, they should bring it back. Well, but maybe I'd be pissing off the Monster of the Week fans. They should bring it back as like a limited series. They should do like 12 a year or like 10 oh, a yeah. year and maybe even do it on like cable or something like that. Like it would be or do it on network. But like, just do a abbreviated season. I think it would be way better. I think it would be so good. I think it would be so good. Um, oh, uh, I think. Um, oh, this. I got this idea. I was reading the AV Club review of this. Mm -hmm. Zach Handlin does the reviews, yes. and he said, "Crycheck, how cool would it have been if you didn't know Crycheck was a bad guy until he attacks the cable operator guy? Yeah, that would have been so much more impact. Otherwise, you're kind of expecting it to happen anyway. Well, that's. I feel like that's like this. I agree with that. I feel like that scene and that scene is almost played in the way that it is like like it's going to be a shock. Yeah, yeah, like it's a surprise. It's not. He straight up tries to kill Mulder there. Yeah, that's crazy. And in that scene, he goes from just like a stooge to like an insidious bad guy. He goes and then, evil. And then very quick, that that scene was. Then he goes and meets Cigarette Smoking Man in the car, right? Well, I think it's so funny because he's in the parking lot talking to somebody on the phone. And then you see Cigarette Smoking Man is just like in the same parking lot on the phone. Like they're just talking in the same room to each yeah. other on the phone. Also, I like the idea that he has his cell phone number. Yeah. What is it under? Probably like Becky or something, and, right? And odd that the that uh, the Becky, the, the, odd that like um, a Scully called Fox's home phone. Not his cell phone. Which he has a... a uh, burden, yeah, very yeah. important piece of information. Yeah. She waited until she got home. And she was like, well, I'll go back from the super... I'll, I'll call him once I put my groceries away. I bought some ice cream. I want to make sure that that's in the freezer. I don't want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. the night, you know, it's like... I'm drawing a bath and I'll call him about this. Then season. I'll call him. I mean, it's a big... Uh, that scene when you see him out the window looking at her at the end of... Yeah. Episode, that's a fucking scary thing. Oh, that was great. Yeah, really. And have a guy be scary but also sympathetic. That's a tough... That's a tough thing. I liked, uh, and then I also, Mulder is so fucking angry at him in that scene when he starts choking him. Yeah. Like, it's, Mulder is really, David Duchovny is really good in these episodes of like, yeah. his descent. Like, he, when he's like choking him, and then, and I've seen that thing before where like somebody gets violent, and then later, like, the suspect is killed and yeah. gets blamed on him. And clearly, like, Krychek poisoned him or something, right? Well, yeah, he had to have like injected something into him. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Crycheck is such a motherfucker, but great. And then he disappears at the end. Oh, this is another thing that they have to do. It's when Crycheck's talking to Cigarette Smoking Man, and he's like, why don't you just... He says, if Mulder's such a threat, why not eliminate him? And Cigarette Smoking Man says, kill Mulder, and you risk turning one man's religion into a crusade. Yeah. I feel like clearly the best thing would be to just kill Mulder. But I they agree. can't do that. But you see, that was the flawed... I agree. The flawed logic there is... <sighs> The person who would have made that a crusade wouldn't it's have like, been Mitch Pluggy. It would have been Scully, but they've already taken care of Scully. Yeah. So you kill Who's it going to be, too. the lone gunman? Who gives a shit about them anyway? Yeah, no, no one would have... 
No one would have uh, said anything. No one would have said anything. And Mitch Pileggi is like, this is early enough. He hasn't been around a long time. Yeah. Like, he's probably been working with them, honestly, like a month and a half or two months yeah. or something. Because he comes in at the end of season one. And they could make it look like an accident. Oh, really yeah. Easily. It would clearly... The, so, only the lone gunman would be onto it. Who cares? And so Crycheck essentially was like, oh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll just I'll just kill him without asking anybody. Yeah. Crycheck was like, I'm just... Check that plan out. Like, listen. Guys, I'm on this. Well, there's this thing here where like Krychek asks questions and he's like, I'm not gonna tell you the answer. So so at the end when Krychek disappears, part of you is like, Oh, maybe they killed Krychek. Yeah. Like they're like, you know, they Lee Harvey Oswald did him now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought Mr. X's line, they only have one policy, deny everything. That's pretty cool. And you know how in the beginning He's awesome in this. Yeah. I love that guy. Oh, by that the guy's way, great. and that guy again in our in our X-Files homage, we brought that guy, Stephen Williams, oh, into our show. Oh, what was he show. like? He's from 21 Jump Street, too. Uh, yes, and that's, I mean, that's how I fell in love with him first. Yeah. Time. He is, like, in no uncertain terms, amazing. He's a nice guy? Amazing. Like, he, we had him play this insane character who lived in Alaska and was the head of, like, um, he was, like, a Native American Alaskan and he was wearing a fur jacket and he was improvising some of the funniest, craziest really? stuff. And you just... Like in the in the same way that like Lance Reddick, who I love from The Wire oh, and from course. Fringe, they he, play he very the, stern characters on these hour long yes. shows. And then when they get a chance to do comedy, you're like, holy shit, you guys are awesome because they bring that intensity to com- like oh, and yeah. do comedic stuff. It's amazing. I mean, when those guys can be funny, like that's what Nick Offerman's appeal is. Yeah. You know, he's so intense and such a good dramatic actor. When you tweak that a little bit, so funny. Oh, my gosh. He, so, Stephen Williams, amazing. And I love the way he was shot in this and the way he... Like, well, he's, he's always awesome. in the shadows. Like, so, it's so great. Cool. This you is think a as bummer. an actor, is he bummed? Do you what? think as an actor, he's like, I wish I got a little bit more of my face in this. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on my reel. But the lighting <laughs> the lighting was so X-Files-y. <laughs> he's always meeting in, like, dark places. This is a kind of a bummer so you know how the last character was named deep throat uh-huh. and they got that name from the message board started cigarette smoking man the message board started yeah. calling him that then the show did oh, um same with deep throat a message board started calling him deep throat and then uh oh interesting on the show because on the show they tried to call him deep i forget what it was like deep connection or something like that right. deep background deep okay, background right. stupid you know what the message boards are calling deep throat the new mr x now oh no what Dark throat. Mm, I don't like that at all. That's a real bummer. That's a really. That's a, that's, that's no good. Yeah, it's it's bad on. Yeah, it's bad. Dark dark throat, and everyone's calling him that. And then dark throats. I was like, uh, why are they calling him dark? Oh no, that's not good. When you said it the first time, I was like, oh, that's just like a like a weird heightening. And then I'm like, then I didn't see the racial overtones to it. And then I'm like, oh, oh that's certainly a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At first, I just thought it was like somebody just going like. Oh, like deep throat, dark throat, like, yeah. like it just seemed like a thing. Nope. And I was like, oh, no, that's way worse. No, they, and clearly the show never picks that up. They never call no, him dark no, throat. They but, call him dark but they, it's, oh, wait, it's, his name is Mr. X. It's a pretty easy name. The yeah. message words get on it. Just, it's, it's the Mr. same. Mr. X is a great name. Yeah. He has to put an X on the window to talk to him. It makes sense. But yeah, and calling Crycheck Rat Boy. Like everybody just calls him Rat Boy. Yeah. Like it just becomes the thing. One of the cool things about Stephen Jackson, uh, uh, Stephen, Stephen Williams, Williams, that I'll say is that he, when he was working with us, he was really excited because uh, Skinner was on a show uh, uh, these that 
the show I never watched. Skinner's but, always working. He's on that show I think called Supernatural or something. Like these two guys. It's like kind of like an X Files with like two yeah. bros. Um, and I'm saying it, I've not seen it, but I know it, people like it. People but do like, like it. they brought him on that show. Like Skinner was like, bring on Mr. X, and then they like got to do scenes together because they liked each other from X Files. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's Mitch really is fucking great. He's so good. Um, and whenever I see him, he does this great thing where somehow he has a lot of integrity yeah even when he's scary you're sort of on his side so i think that scene with him and Mulder was so good because there's multiple scenes where he's like reading Mulder's report while he's just sitting there that would my balls would shrink up oh, into my God. body so fucking horrifying he's reading it right there but when he says to Mulder, he says i can't protect you anymore agent Mulder." i that was so cool because you get the sense like he's on his side and you know he's his hands are tied but he's this episode, there's a lot of, like, alliances forming in this yeah. episode. So, like, Skinner, who's taking his orders from Cigarette Smoking Man the entire time, sort of explicitly allies himself with Mulder and the X-Files and Scully. And that's, like, a big sort of bond forming there. I, I thought that was a really cool scene when they did I, that. I really, really enjoyed that, too. And I feel like that, like, these are the relationships that I remember from the show, yeah. too. Because he's, he's an ally, but he can't really be an ally. Right. And you don't even know... I don't think that he's an ally because he believes him. He's an ally because he's like, I like that you're passionate and yeah. I'm supporting that. Like, And he likes him more than he likes the fucking smoking guy. Exactly. I think he's just like, if he's a gambling man, he's like, well, why not put some money down on that one? Yeah. Too? Like, just in case that pays yeah. out. That would be a huge yeah. payday. But, uh, he doesn't believe Mulder, but he likes him and he knows some shady shit's going on. Because yeah. in a previous episode... Uh, he finds out that the smoking man had been tapping Mulder's phone and he's like, get the, f he doesn't say get yeah. the fuck out of my office, but yeah. he basically does. Um, but I think that scene was really good. And I thought the scene with Mulder and Scully's mom at the end was pretty cool too, where he yeah. like gives her the locket and she says, uh, he says, if she was such a skeptic, why did she wear that? And that's the thing that sort of Scully's like religion thing and her belief yeah. thing is a major sort of theme of the X-Files that continues on through the rest of the series. And when she says, when you find her, you give it to her. And then it's him staring at the sky at the end. Like, that's a pretty fucking great ending. Scully's gone. It's so great. And that's like, like I, I, when I finished watching, I was like, ooh, want to watch more now? I yeah. Wanna, you know, it's like, it's great. It's, uh, you know, it brings me back to that time when you would watch TV. I mean, I do it all the time, but it's like that wait, that, that the in between the weeks in between. Oh, yeah. I mean, the break of the last Breaking Bads and, and you know. Even yeah, that's what Walking I don't. Dead. I mean, so people started watching this show again, a lot of people because of this podcast. And yeah. then they tweeted me like, I'm on season four. I'm like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just, do that. It's way more fun to like watch, you know. I mean, I've been watching a ton, but. It, it, these people, it's crazy how we're but yeah, used but to like, watch them like devouring two at a time. Them. Like, yeah, just watch yeah. them like you have a little restraint. Enjoy them uh, yeah. two at a time. But that last scene, I thought that's a big step. Mulder connecting with her family, connecting with her mom. Because Mulder feels like, you know, he feels like a kid at school who's no good with parents. Yeah. You know, like I love, I love Fox or, uh, you know, I love Barry, but I'm not going to bring him to see my mom. He's no, no good. That's not bring, what Barry you, is. You can't bring. Yeah, you that's, can't bring that's not his vibe. That's not his vibe, but I thought the, you know the fact that he's making an effort to do that. He contacts her mom, speaks a lot, and really like takes their relationship. Yeah, up which much. I thought was you know which speaks to my belief that they had a, a really great dinner one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've got a couple great theories. Uh, uh, aliens as drug for yeah. Mulder, and then also the missing dinner that they had. Uh, you should write fan fiction where it's them <laughs> like getting. I'm gonna have a great like my dinner with Andre fan fiction about Axel. <laughs> the um. Is it hard on this podcast to – because I think one of the fun things about all these shows is watching 
and making assumptions about where it goes. Yeah. You know, like I think Lost was uh, very exciting throughout because you're like, well, I think it's this. Well, yeah. I think it's going to yeah. end like this. But now to know the end or to know where it's going, how yeah. does it how does it play out? It's tough. I have to be a little careful. I don't talk about spoilers. Sure. I think it because I read these message boards and stuff. Yeah. And that's all those people are doing. So in a way, it's not easy, but it does make it easier to put yourself in the position of someone who hasn't seen the rest of it. Right. And to like sort of have the the conversations with yourself that you would have if you hadn't actually seen it. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I feel like the only thing that uh yeah, it's just, I mean... Because yeah. you know what, you know, you and I know what Scully, what happened to Scully up yeah. there. But, you know, these people at the message boards are talking about... Um, so here, actually, let's... let's. Should we go to the message board? Here, Absolutely. I'll just say real quick what the creators thought of it. Um, they all really liked it. You know, Chris Carter was his first time directing it. Um, David Duchovny said, Chris came in meticulously prepared, which is his nature. I think his first episode was great. Um, oh, in the scene where Scully buys uh, at the yeah. supermarket, she buys pickles and ice cream, which is a nod to her pregnancy. Oh, nice. Um, and then I kind of wanted to look up, like, what are the other shows that are big at this time? Yeah. So this show is going up against Step by Step and Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I remember Hanging with Mr. Cooper on a Friday night. Yeah. This is a Friday night show, right? Yeah, this is a Friday night show at this time it is. And here are the top 10 shows at that time. All right. Uh, that of the year are Seinfeld, ER, Home Improvement, Grace Under Fire. Great. Monday Night Football, 60 Minutes, NYPD Blue, Murder, She Wrote, mm -hmm. which in my head is so much older oh, yeah, than Yeah, me this. too, yeah. Friends and Roseanne. Those wow, are the by big. the way, Friends really on the bottom of that list, yeah. uh, which probably moved way to the top, you know, too. But that's a good lineup of TV right there. Yeah, no, those are like all shows that kind of stuck around. And, and also, like, am I looking fire. at this right? Like, these are the 19 number million people watch Seinfeld? Is yeah. that right? Wow. Yeah, 19 million people watched it on Just average. Just to give you a, c a comparison of that, like most shows now, like a million people watch. Oh, yeah. Breaking Bad was around a million. Yeah. Mad uh, Men is about a million or, uh, you know. Yeah. But I mean, even network shows like Parks and Rec is like a 1.4 or 1.6. It's like, that's not. That's like one one and a half million, two, two million people. Yeah. I mean, it's just like so many choices, so many choices. Yeah, so many choices. Um, Big Bang Theory is the only one I think that still gets like 12 million viewers. Or does something. it get that many? Like, yeah. So they're getting like a million dollars, over a million dollars an episode. They're going to make so much money. They st they're not even going to work. It's been delayed now. Oh, has to it? To get more money. Dude, I was at... And they, by the way, they should get as much as humanly possible. Oh, people are... The only successful show on television. People comedy. are making tons of money. They should be making a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy that they're going to make a million. But I saw like Johnny... Friends did it. Yeah, Friends did it and Seinfeld did it before yeah. that. What's his name? Johnny, the main guy? Johnny Galecki? Yeah, yeah. I saw him at a grocery store and I like kind of was like, he has so much money. And I just kind of went down this weird like spiral in my own head about like how crazy successful this guy well, is. Well, you have to think like when you are signing up for a Chuck Lorre show, if you get it, you're like, oh, I won the lottery. Because oh. all those shows exist forever. You know, they're not oh, like... Oh, they're huge hits. They're like two and a half men? Giant. Giant hit. He had the two biggest comedies on the air for a long time. Yeah. Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory. What are the two biggest ones now? But Broke Girls, maybe? I mean, uh, I can't... Well, it's Big Bang, and then I don't know what it is. I have a feeling it might still be Two and a Half Men, if not Broke Girls, because I feel like that would be like that would be the th all the... shows with numbers in the title. Two, <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of people. This is interesting. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Mulder's act. So I went to the message board. Yeah. This is from that week. Got what it. happened was, for whatever reason, this is. These episodes there, October 14th and 21st. Mm -hmm. 
The message boards from like September 18th to October 18th are blank. I don't know why. Okay. And I found some messages of people going, where did all the messages go? Okay. So, so I have this from it's 18th on. It's a conspiracy. It's something. People are saying, uh, uh, talking about Mulder's acting and people are defending him. Like, I get so tired of people saying he's wooden. He's astonishing. He can convey the most incredible emotion with such subtlety. I couldn't believe it when I read a message when someone was complaining, all caps, about how they focused in on Didi's face too much. Why did they have to keep circling the camera around him like that? Ah, that's that's your thing. Because he is acting, all caps, four exclamation points. What are you looking for? Someone who went to William Shatner's school of overacting? Shots fired. <laughs> and then uh, people responded uh, that they really did like it. Many actors constantly get overlooked because they give subtle, relaxed performances. Everyone seems to be going for uh, scenery chewers. They said, uh, De Niro got nominated for Awakenings and not Williams. Robin Williams gave the performance of his life in that movie. Uh, he has been nominated for other... F- so they're saying, you know, flashy performances right, get exactly. more. Yeah. But I don't think that... Well, I felt like he was, you know, as a man whose best friend has been kidnapped and, yeah. and potentially killed. And I feel like he did a great job. I, I think thought he, he was did. great in it. Yeah. It's a great. Uh, also, the rock and jock basketball game happened oh this week. Oh, my gosh. Week. I love that. that Do you know like, what that is? Oh, my God. Yeah. It was the best thing that MTV it's on ever MTV? did. Yeah. So they would have like, so they'd have like <laughs> celebrities mixed in. It was just like fun intramural basketball. But you would have a court. And the baseball one was really fun too. But you'd have a court where if you stood in one spot and you made a basket there, it was like worth like a hundred points. And oh. like so it was like a really fun bizarre. Like a video game me a little bit. Yeah. So it was a very like, you know, the baseball one was like you could there was it was like an extreme weird thing of you know, so like Snoop Dogg would be playing and, and it was oh, against yeah. like you know, whoever, you know, Muggsy Bogues, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, so it was like, a, it was a real mix. It was so much fun. Rock and Jock. So they talked about Rock and Jock. They said, during the few minutes of time DD got, he played point guard and handled the ball often. He made several difficult bounce passes in traffic that resulted in good shot opportunities for his team. He is short and was on the court with NBA stars, not just players, yes. stars. And all his decisions seemed correct to me. Here's, I will say this to you. Like, again, you and I have been lucky enough to do some things. You get nervous before you do, like, do a talk show or you get nervous before oh, yeah. you have to present an award or anything like that. Yeah. How nervous would you be if you have to play basketball on TV and you're an actor? Like That, to me, is like just the fact that he subjected oh. himself to oh that. yeah he loves basketball he's a big basketball fan i feel like everybody in those 90s like er they always playing basketball <laughs> oh yeah george clooney was always yet. playing basketball that's right that's exactly right um i'd have to say he did a competent job as point guard while in this while <laughs> in the game another item of note this is an yeah. item of note paul he he has muscle definition in his arms and legs oh that's a, the point of note. The point of note. Muscle <laughs> definition. All right, so he's not a flabby a flabby no, guy. No, he's like a... He's you mean a, the guy who's in Speedo in this episode? Well, yeah. It was not a flabby guy? Turns out he's in good shape. Yeah. They talk about his portable phone. I haven't seen any topics about Mulder and his portable phone. I guess it's another way... Um, so... It's cell phones are new enough that people are a little like confused by them at this point apparently. Uh, so it's sort of like for like when you're when you had one in your car or something like that. Yeah. I guess it's another way for him and Scully to communicate and keep more above the chest shots of Scully. When does he charge it? How does everyone seem to know his number? What are you talking well, about? Well, that's pretty amazing. You don't I know mean, how cell look, phones work? When does he charge it? Yeah. That's pretty great. Well, look, but you can't make fun of tech people who have, you know, this may be... 
Oh, yeah. 94. Yeah, yeah, it's starting. A, yeah. I know this is a very trivial matter, but what kind of wristwatch was Mulder wearing? You could see it plainly, but I want to know what make, brand, etc. Any of you insiders able to tell me? Um, this is a great one. Next one. Multiple. Does anyone have Chris Carter's email address? So uh, multiple people are asking for Chris Carter's yeah. email address. There's one guy who claims he has it, but I couldn't find the post where he posted it. So he posted Chris Carter's email address, and then I couldn't find it. That's amazing and terrible. Why uh, would that guy post it? Yeah, they, they, the, all these guys have uh, pitches is what it is. They really do. Because, you know, Star Trek made a very strong, like, uh, case for, like, a lot of Next Generation. You could just, like pitch an idea and then you're like oh yeah you wrote that episode oh is that what it was yes. that's so, why these people are all pitching ideas yeah so it was like star trek was always like we'll just take the best idea and then we'll shape it like we'll like, write like, it yeah. yeah so i feel like it was like you could give them your script then they would just kind of polish it but you a lot of writers did that from what i understood that's impressive that's why there's a whole there's alt tv x files creative mm. and that's people just writing stories and pitching yeah. ideas uh, a lot of people are talking about Crycheck. They, or what happened to him? They said the cigarette smoking man and his cronies may have disposed of Crycheck. Considered that Crycheck was getting a little too demanding and wanting to know what was going on with Scully. Um, and then they said the other possibility is that Rat Boy, Rat Boy, mm, had a conscience bout. He appeared to want Mulder to make it to the top of the mountain, despite almost killing him. He seemed relieved when FM made it, and he seemed upset. When he did not know what happened to Scully, my theory is that either he went off on his own to, f own to find her or found someone else to befriend, to befriend and do that. Um, um, basically, people are, you know, a lot of people are talking about what happened to him. Um, and then the people are talking about, you know, Skinner. They're saying that Scully's gone, but he's got another partner now. Mulder's got Skinner now. Uh, people really hated um uh, rat boy they said he deserved to drown in his own styling gel uh, very harsh I like that very harsh very harsh this is before criticism before criticism got to be really like internet criticism before it got to be uh, very snarky like I feel like oh, it's yeah. still like it's kind of fun styling yeah. gel yeah it's fun it's like a yeah. kid would come up with yeah, this yeah exactly I, would, like, I prefer this it's, uh, yeah. oh yeah um, they're talking about him still. When Mulder told Skinner and company that he suspected Dwayne Barry had been poisoned, that the military was covering it up, Cigarette Smoking Man was in the room, which is right. I think this tipped him off to the fact that Mulder didn't trust Rat Boy. In fact, that he even suspected him of killing Dwayne and therefore Cigarette Smoking Man he was, knew it was time to have Crycheck disappear. And the people are saying possibly, but disappear doesn't necessarily equal murdered and buried. Uh, Crycheck's a fairly talented resource. Why throw him away when you can just reassign him? So I think it's they've connected to this character enough that they're wondering where he's right. Going. They they want him. Like, it's like that thing, like the character that you love to hate. Like yeah. they want they want him to be around. They don't want him off the show. It's not like he's a bad. It's not like Nikki and Paulo on Lost, where people are like we hate Fuck you. you, go Get away, out of never yeah. see you again. Yeah, uh, Scully. A lot of people are guessing this is a crazy one. If Dana, uh, the people are saying that she might actually be Mulder's long lost sister. I remember having that theory. Oh, you remember having that theory? Yes. I mean, it, I, I felt like that was a, like, I, I think that people, I don't know. I felt like that was a theory at one point. When you said that, I'm like, oh, I remember thinking that too. Like, because you were trying to figure out a connection or something. Yeah, they're saying there are plenty of instances to possibly suggest that she's the sister. Scully is an unusual mark on her body. Uh, Scully is abducted by aliens. Scully and Mulder feel drawn to one another, yet romance is out because that would mean incest. I don't know. 
Um, and then people are saying uh, that they That's think... A good theory. Yeah, it's a decent theory that Scully is in the hands of aliens who are impregnating her because you see her belly. Right, yeah. So, um, and then people are saying, well, no, cigarette smoking man has made it clear that his group has her. Um, Chris Carter has made it clear that Scully will not be pregnant. I thought it was rather obvious that the belly scene was merely Mulder's imagination slash worst nightmare. People are like, what if the cigarette smoking man is an alien? That's a crazy theory. Uh, they're saying, so they're, they're all are talking about whether humans have her, the dark government, right. or whether it's uh, aliens. I got to watch now to see what happens because I forgot who had her. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, the final scene was very touching, and it looks like Mulder finally caught a rat boy, and the X-Files are open again. Yay. Oh, now let's go get Scully, fellow GATBers. Do you know what GATB is? Uh, no, tell me what it is. Uh, there's also a DDEB. D-D- it's a DDEB is David Duchovny Estrogen Brigade. Oh and, my God! And GATB is a Gillian Anderson, Anderson Testosterone Brigade. And they someone has made uh, ID cards of them, That's and you can amazing. go to uh, FTP site and download it and print it out. I love like that. Like membership cards. Yeah. So now people are talking, is this real? Uh, all the stuff that we're showing, that we're seeing is happening to Scully if it's Mulder's vision. He had no reason to see her pregnant unless it's a frequent result of alien abductions. I'm aware that it had been alleged, but does Mulder really need to be this afraid of it? Basically, they're saying, like, if she looks pregnant, why would he imagine that? So they thought that that was maybe a right. real thing. Then people are saying, I think it was Mulder's vision. That would explain why the tech looked very human. I think he had listened to so many stories about alien impregnating humans that this was probably one of the first images that popped into his head. Well, I would also say that this is a bad imagination if it's his imagination because what kind of impregnation would just be like pulling the belly up like like almost like a bouncy ball? It was really a bizarre, like it was like a little like... uh, like just like it was like really just sucking the belly up like a vacuum cleaner just making it big. And then yeah, it, it's weird. It's no good. The much cleaner way to impregnate somebody. Uh, probably not for Fox Television in '94. <laughs> no, uh, they're talking about Skinner and Mulder. Skinner siding with Mulder and reopening the X Files because it's what they're most af- afraid of. They got that right. I'm still not convinced that Skinner really believes in Mulder's work. That's what you're saying, but he is convinced that there are forces at work that are not in the best interest of the American government. And people sticking Mulder on them is the only tool he has at hand. People are saying, I love this theory. I think Skinner thinks that Mulder is a total weirdo, but that he does not like dishonesty and people not telling him what is going on. Opening the X-Files means that he will have to still deal with Mulder's weirdness, but he knows where Mulder is coming from. He doesn't feel the same way about the higher-ups. So There you go. Yeah, that's Very a good, astute point. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the brigades, the DEB yeah. and GATB, apparently they had a fight because after... Um, Mulder was in the red Speedo. All yeah. the David Duchovny people were like, oh, yeah, ours is winning because we got to see him in yeah. a Speedo. And then now people are excited about... The belly. The belly. They're showing. It was infinitely more impressive for GA to show Tummy than Didi running around showing his religion, which I guess... Well, they always say that you can tell somebody's circum... Like, oh, it's yeah. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, people are saying Chris Carter is definitely in this news group and is reading the previous thread because there's a thread that says, what do you guys think of the show? Uh-huh. People are like, he may very well be the dude who started the previous th- thread. Think about it. If you wrote a show, wouldn't you want to know how the viewers felt, what they wanted more of, what they wanted less of, etc.? cetera? Um, 
And it's true, they were reading it because in yeah. the last season, this is uh, something that people are talking about that ended up on the show. So they are well, reading it. Yeah. Oh, and I'll end on this. Um, Gillian had her baby. Jillian had her yes. baby. Uh, someone said, just after Piper was born, that's Piper, sure. that's the baby, I, along with half the planet, I'm sure, picked out a card and sent it to Jillian. Oh, not um, half the planet. If you're curious, I would not use a preprinted card. I found one with a mama otter and a baby on her belly and quoted something from the secret garden in it. While I was oh, in the store, no. I suddenly thought, what is anyone doing for David? Having two step siblings born four years apart, I know that the jealousy factor, I know what the jealousy factor can do to a person. Oh my God. I picked out another card for himself, which is David. Yeah. Wrote something appropriately, heartfelt, so and this. sent them both off, which reminds me. Those cards went out about a month ago, and I haven't yet heard anything. Oh, really? Surprise. <laughs> Does anyone know how good these folks are at responding? <laughs> oh my god imagine if uh, Gillian Anders or Gillian Anderson wrote back cards to everybody oh god but there's a lot of like this is the early days of the internet yeah, so people are really feeling like they can connect with these people oh my god this was that's amazing that's an amazing one yeah wow. uh, dude thank you so much for coming thank you for having me talk about X-Files I really enjoyed it yeah um, do you want to plug anything uh, your Twitter sure. and your shows uh, I'll be on uh, The Meltdown with uh, Kumail and Jonah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the league starts up September 3rd, 10 p.m. Uh, on FXX. And uh, yeah, you can listen to my podcast, How Did This Get Made? This show is actually, would it be weird? Because this show kind of inspired me to do a, I, in my mind, I haven't said it out loud, but I can say it to you. You can say it, don't do it. I would like to do this for Buffy. Yeah, I never really watched Buffy that much. See, I don't know Buffy. I'd, I'd I was totally a big Buffy it. fan, and I was like, "Oh, it'll be fun to talk to people about Buffy." Yeah, that's a huge ass commitment too to watch a million episodes of these shows. No, but it's fun. Like I, I realized, yeah. like I'm having a great time watching it, and even like the bad episodes. Yeah, like I skipped some in episode one in season one. I still like watching even the bad ones. Would you ever do it for Star Trek? I next love generation. the next gen. I like yeah. the original one. Yeah. That would yeah. be interesting too. Yeah. Uh, those are monsters. Yeah. Those are, I mean, the original series is only three seasons, but the new one is like nine. Well, yeah. Yeah. Something. Like, I feel like, yeah, if you did Next Generation, I was a big Deep Space Nine fan. I would get into the last two seasons of Deep Space oh, Nine. Oh, really? I never. Oh, when the war started coming and oh, Warf yeah. was on there, forget about so it. So you're like deep into these sci fi shows, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 100%. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, all right, dude. Thanks right. for coming. Hey, so uh, I'm glad uh, you guys listened to that episode. Paul Shear is absolutely fantastic, and I'm going to have him back on. Uh, please uh, go to feralaudio.com and donate to this podcast if you can. Uh, Dustin, who started Feral Audio and uh, worked so hard on this uh, podcast and many others, um, you know, uh, donating is a way f to sort of help him out because he really, really pours a lot of time into this thing. Um, follow uh, me at X-Files Files or at Kumail. And again, please watch The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail. <laughs> kind of need to convince Comedy Central to do another season because we have great ideas from this season. So, you know, if you guys watch it, uh, we'll be able to do that. And that's obviously very, very exciting. Next week, I'm talking about three and one breath. Uh, with Rhea Butcher, who was on recently, and everyone had loved her so much. I was like, yep, got to have her back on. Um, uh, email me at thexfilesfiles at gmail.com, and uh, thanks so much for listening.
Hey, I'm, I'm Ben. Jeff. I'm Ben. I'm Jeff. Uh, no, I'm... I'm <sighs> ben, just, just do, do it. The, just okay, do the I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, this is Ben, Jeff, and Thayer, and we host a podcast called Convince Me, where we have guests on to try to convince us to get on board with their unique obsessions. Check out our podcast. It's called Convince Me. I'm Jeff. 